Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Colenso, and this is episode one. Um, I'm a little bit excited. In fact, I'm very excited that you are here and joining me uh, at the very start of this journey. In this episode, I want to give you a little bit of an overview. I want to tell you where the idea came from, uh, what to expect, and for those of you that don't know me, to give you a little bit of my history and background um, and why I'm interested in talking on this subject. If you've ever seen me speak before, you'll know that I'm normally uh, quite scripted and precise and my videos are short and succinct. This is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be a little bit more conversational um, and at times potentially a little bit more rambling. So do forgive me if we go off on tangents along the way. Why life's a pitch? Uh, there's a little bit of irony there, of course, but I genuinely believe that we are always pitching. We're always bringing things into existence. If you look at any important turning point in your life, you had to make a decision and go out there and make something happen. And sometimes we pitch for the wrong stuff. We pitch for the bad stuff. Uh, and other times we get it right and we move in the direction uh, that we want to go in. I think whether you're in business, whether you're in the arts, whether you're in sports, whether you're in sales, uh, you're always going out there and engaging an audience, taking people on a journey, leaving them feeling different at the end of the conversation than they were at the beginning. And that's something that I want to explore. In my day-to-day -day life now, I spend a lot of time working with teams and organisations to help them perform more effectively. And in this podcast, what I'm interested in doing is engaging with people that are at the top of their field, uh, people that have done uh, amazing things, held amazing positions, achieved unbelievable feats, and finding out from them what they did in order to get where they wanted to be, what the turning points were, what the tools and techniques were that helped them achieve their success. And my aim is to share those with you. So in terms of this podcast, each episode is going to be different. Uh, you're not going to hear me talking very much. You're going to hear from amazing people, as I've just said, but they're going to be freeform conversations. I'm interested in stories, in understanding where people started out and how they've got to where they are now. So we'll be delving into people's highs and lows and into the key philosophies and tools and techniques that they have used to get them to their current location and I hope that that's going to be interesting for me but also for you as listeners. There's gold in the story of everyone that I talk to and to be honest if you're listening to this you've probably got a blockbuster uh, lurking in the cupboard. Um, we don't often recognise the power of our own story um, and our ability to pitch our lives into existence, to pitch for the things that we want to. Uh, so hopefully this podcast is going to reveal uh, just how other people are doing it so that you can do it too. For those of you that don't know me, um, my journey has been a, a very interesting one. Um, I now run 
a consultancy business called Inflow, where I engage with organizations and their leaderships and sales teams and help them think about the impact that they create. I'm a b author of the book Impact, How to Be More Confident, Increase Your Influence and Know What to Say Under Pressure. And I'm also a speaker. So I go out and talk at conferences and um, seminars to uh, challenge the way that people think, to give them tools and perspectives that allow them to perform in a different way. And my background is in performance. So I, I didn't start off my life in, in business. I started off my career as a professional actor. And I think if I reflect on the big pitches that I had to make um, or the, the, the big pictures that I was part of uh, to move my career forward. One of the first was actually auditioning at drama school. I remember very vividly uh, when I made the decision to become an actor. My parents were surprisingly um, supportive. Uh, I'm not, wasn't sure that they were going to take it particularly well, um, but they they did, and they said go for it. And then I started the hard process of applying to drama schools, and this is what 25 years ago now um but as i as i was doing that it became increasingly clear that lots of other people had the same idea um i uh, i auditioned for six different drama schools and the first five auditions were to varying degrees disastrous um i didn't get offered places at the schools and I was finding myself in these audition rooms with you know people that looked the same um, had the same sort of experience and for whatever reason um, I wasn't able to stand out in school I'd been a big fish in a small pond um, I was regarded as you know one of those theatre people he's good at performance and all of that sort of stuff but as I walked into those audition rooms um, I wasn't creating the engagement that I wanted with my audience and I remember the final audition was for uh, the school that I eventually ended up training at a school called Drama Centre and uh, Drama Centre at the time uh, was on the Prince of Wales Road in Chalk Farm, North London, and uh, it was housed in an old Methodist church. So I was living in Germany at the time. I come over to uh, to the UK on my own. Um, I uh, rocked up at this building and remember kind of thinking, "Where the heck am I? Uh, this does not look like a uh, a drama school, a, a further education institution. Uh, this place looks a little bit crazy." And uh, at the front of the building, on the, the the side, there was a little sign that said "Auditions This Way." So I thought, "Right, here goes. This is my last chance." And I uh, I followed the arrow down the side of the building and walked into the waiting room and sitting in the waiting room were lots of other would-be actors going over their lines keeping themselves to themselves and eventually after about half an hour I, I got called into the audition room and uh, the, the lady that was uh, helping students uh, registering students and taking them into the room ushered me through this door and all of a sudden I found myself standing on 
the stage. Uh, it was actually the, the dais of, uh, of the old altar. I was a sacrificial lamb uh, in the church building of this Methodist church. Um, and uh, in front of me were a panel of, I think, about 12 very uh, serious looking blank faces. And I, I remember my heart being in my mouth. I was like, oh, my God, this is my last chance. And the nerves just started to, to kick in. I was pretty much frozen to the, to the spot. And all of a sudden, I heard this voice. And, you know, that's not the sort of thing that you expect to hear in that moment. But I, I, I kind of looked around me and the voice was uh, coming from the centre of this panel of people. Uh, and in front of me, there was uh, this very old looking, uh, slightly hunched figure uh, who I'd later discover was uh, the co-founder of the school, a guy called Yat Malgram. And he was saying run around the room and I thought about this for a second and I was like that really what, what's he talking about and he said it again run around the room and I was like well okay I mean if that's what the man wants that's what the man gets I was very uh, desperate to, <laughs> to to land the role so I put my bag down and I went for a little jog and if you've ever been into a, a, a Methodist church, I think they're pretty much built around the same template. It's about the about the size of a, a five-a-side football pitch. And, uh, and I went for a run around the room. The panel was sitting in the middle and I was running around their backs and it was all a little bit weird. But when I arrived back on the stage, something amazing had happened. All of that kind of tension, all of that nervousness had disappeared. I found a level of relaxation and I was in able to engage with that audience. And that was a massive turning point for me. You know, as soon as I was able to, to get relaxed, to get in flow, um, then I was able to nail that audition. And ultimately I got offered uh, a, uh, a place at the drama school and that started the chain of events that leads me to be here um, delivering this podcast. Uh, I, I, I suppose the second big pitch for me, if I think about my kind of uh, career trajectory, um, I mean, there are lots of smaller ones in between, but if getting into drama school was the first, then the second was landing the role of Thunderbirds in uh, role of Virgil Tracy in Thunderbirds uh, in the Hollywood remake back in 2004. Um, and again, you know, high, high stakes situations, lots of work and preparation that went on in the background to get me um, to that place. But by that point, I'd built up a different toolkit. And I think I was in a different place, sort of psychologically. Um, I, I had more confidence, uh, but that confidence came from having greater technique um, by knowing what to do when I found myself uh, under pressure. And ultimately, again, that was a massive stepping stone uh, and allowed me to, uh, to, to move my career forward 
opened loads of uh, different doors um, and uh, you know has played a massive part in my life. Um, one of the things that brings me greatest joy is that I've been able to uh, to share that role, um, which was 20 years ago now. Uh, with my daughter and that my uh, daughter has uh, you know become a little bit of a Thunderbirds nerd and a bit of a Thunderbirds fan um, has uh, has all the the models in her bedroom and uh, is able to watch the movie from time to time when she fancies it um, but that's been a huge source of uh, of joy for me and then the third big pitch from my life I think and this is not one that I speak about very often in fact I'm not sure I've ever spoken about it publicly was at a time when I had just started my business I think the business was about two or three years old uh, at this point and I had been part of a business accelerator program I, I'd, uh, I'd, I've been part of this program for I think about six months and the program culminated with the opportunity to come and pitch your business idea to an invited audience. And as someone that works with teams and individuals to help them communicate with impact, to pitch with impact, to show up powerfully, in those sorts of situations, I always feel a lot of pressure. I always feel um, like I have to be perfect, like I, I can't get anything wrong. And unfortunately, in this particular instance, I was on holiday for the week before this event. So I had decided that I was going to participate in the event, but the holiday was going to be um, you know, sacred. So I didn't do any work on the pitch. I uh, did a little bit of work before the holiday and then when we uh, we went off on holiday I, I, I downed tools and so that gave me about 24 hours to prepare for this uh, this live pitch in in front of about 50 60 people and uh, I turned up in London to to deliver it and it was absolutely shocking I think it's probably the worst sort of on stage performance I've ever given and it was mortifying because there I was in front of all of these other really kind of brilliant business owners and they knew me from the program as the guy that was uh, good at speaking and everything that could go wrong went wrong I forgot what I wanted to say I mixed up my words I ended up at one point having to pull out my mobile phone with the script on it and kind of read from there and it was an absolute disaster and I remember leaving that room feeling you know like two centimeters tall uh, absolutely rubbish devastated that I'd let myself down uh, that I had uh, allowed myself not to follow any of the rules um, and uh, tools and techniques that I share with other people um, and I thought well that's it I've, I've you know I've, I've lost that that opportunity and uh, and I've made a little bit of a fool of myself but once I'd licked 
the wounds, I uh, I decided that I wasn't ever going to allow that to happen again. And as luck would have it, the following year, uh, the programme was celebrating an anniversary and they invited previous alumni to come back and pitch their business and again this was a kind of competition so you went through different rounds and you had to create a video first um, and then you were invited to then you were shortlisted and then you went down to London for a day and then they took the 20 people that were shortlisted and again cut them down to I think 10 that were allowed to to finally pitch in front of this in, invited audience and this time I did everything that I teach and I prepared and I rehearsed and I thought about my emotional intention and I really crafted the message around the audience and I went out there and I won the pitch fest um, in fact there's a trophy for it over there somewhere uh, in the uh, on the shelf in the office and that did two things for me. One, it was really kind of cathartic moment. Um, it, uh, it, it proved to me that my tools and techniques worked um, and that I was good at what I said I was good at. But also very interestingly, within that room of invited guests was a client or someone that became a client that saw me at that event and came back a couple of days later, dropped me an email, said, I saw you pitch and we need this in our business. And that led to a relationship that has snowballed um, and, uh, and supercharged the business that I had now. So part of that pitch for me was about resilience. It was about that ability to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, um, when things go wrong and be prepared to step back out into the ring. So those are the sorts of ideas, I suppose, that I'm going to be exploring with my guests uh, on this this journey, um, trying to find out what it is that has helped them get to uh, the levels of success that they now have. And uh, I, I'm really excited. I'm excited to learn from them, to hear how they've done things um, and ultimately uh, to share that learning with you as listeners. So each episode will be a free form conversation. I'm keeping this one relatively short, but I, I think I'm going to allow those conversations with my guests to be a little bit longer so that we can get a little bit more intimate uh, and really scratch beneath the surface. Um, I'd love your feedback as we go through as listeners. So please do get in touch. Tell me what you're loving. Tell me what you're uh, not loving so much, because ultimately this is not about me. It's all about you. So this is Dominic Colenso signing out of episode one of the Why Life's a Pitch podcast. I'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Why Life's a Pitch podcast. If you'd like to improve the way you pitch and communicate, I'm giving away a special gift to all my listeners. We've developed the Pitching with Impact Scorecard to help you benchmark your pitch performance in six key areas. 
It will take you less than five minutes to complete and you'll receive a detailed personalized report packed full of insights and ideas to help you improve and grow. Just head over to dominiccolenso.com forward slash scorecard to get started.